The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. I will not wear the mask. 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 I will not wear a mask. I will not get the vaccine. I will not get the vaccine. And I will not get the vaccine. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. In the Lord, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust, and I will not be afraid. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come to you. Do not hide your face from me in the day. For the Lord is the great God, and the great King above all. Rise up, O judge of the earth. Render punishment to the proud. Lord, how long will the wicked, how long will the wicked chime? Righteousness and justice are the foundation of this I hate the work of those who fall away. With my mouth I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. For I have said, mercy shall be built up forever. Your faithfulness you shall stand. On an instrument of ten strings, on the lute and on the harp, with harmonious sound. For you, O Lord, have made me glad through your works. I will you, triumph Lord, in the works of your are on high forevermore. For behold, your enemies shall perish. All the workers of iniquity shall be scattered. I will defy tyrants. 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 And with that, good morning, America. Welcome, Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTUV, WXYZ people. All the boat rockers are in the house, and anybody else I may have missed, to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio, where we use the Bible and the Constitution not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S.-occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and for Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warned you about. I hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us here <clears throat> Excuse me, on Rotten to the Core Wednesday. And we're going to get right into that in just a moment. But if you'd like to check us out online, please do so. SonsofLibertyRadio.com and also SonsofLibertyMedia.com. In fact, if you slide over, you're listening by way of Red State Talk Radio, and you move over to SonsofLibertyMedia.com. And scroll down on the right side of the page. We are streaming live there. Second video down on the right side of the page. Click on that and enlarge it. That's right. You can see the faces made for radio. And then also click on the platform icon. And join us in the chat. we got a lot of friends in there this morning. Good morning to all you guys. Thank you again for all your support. And, um, yeah, do that. <laughs> We're also live on BeforeIt'sNews.com, top of the page there, DLive.TV at The Sons of Liberty. 
and also on Roku on Cutting Edge TV, as well as Twitch at News Tycoon. So you can find us there. And then don't forget Rumble. We are streaming live to Rumble. Sons of Liberty Radio Live. That's what you want to look up. Change the search from videos to channels and put in Sons of Liberty Radio Live. That's one word. And be sure to subscribe to the page. I believe they notify you or they're supposed to notify you when we're live or when we put up a video, which that channel, all we're doing is our live radio shows. So you'll get it for me in the morning. You'll get it for Bradley in the afternoon. He comes on at 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central. And matter of fact, you can watch his show yet from yesterday right above where we're streaming live on sonsoflibertymedia.com. And he will, he'll be live again today, 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central. Right above that is where you can subscribe to the page. Remember, we don't rent your email, sell it, or spam it to anybody. You get one email a day, including the morning show archive. So all the stuff we're going to talk about, and there's a lot of bills and things like that we're going to be speaking about, that will be in the archive, and you'll get that in your email box if you're signed up for SonsOfLibertyMedia.com email newsletter. Finally, if you would like to support us, you agree with our message, uh, we never ask you for money. We just tell you we have needs, uh, just like you guys do. And um, so if you would like to help support what we do, there is a donate button at the top of SonsLibertyMedia.com. Click on that, make a one-time donation, or become a, a monthly partner with us as a son or daughter of liberty. You can click on that as well and set that up. And then finally, our store is available, our store button. This week we are highlighting the Prayer That Rocked the Capitol DVD. Again, this is going back 10 years, this video. And you go, well, this is old news. and Yeah, it's old news, but you can see a lot of things of how the Mockingbird media responds in unison. That's the catch you got to get here. When you hear Bradley's prayer, it's it's not some kind of, you know, significant prayer of, you know, calling out specific sins and all this other. I mean, it really isn't. And yet more than 2,000 media outlets in the United States jumped all over it because he was asked to be there at the Minnesota State House and offer a prayer. Now, normally this DVD is $20, but if you get it this week before Saturday midnight and you use the promo code ROCK, R-O-C-K, if you use that promo code at checkout, you'll get 10% off the DVD. So be sure to pick that up if that's what you want to, if you've been looking at that in the store and said, hey, I'd like to see what that's about now, you get 10% off of it. Okay, so promo code ROCK, that's through Saturday midnight. Now, <clears throat> before I bring Lynn on, I did want to point you point out something. This stuff with Afghanistan, you've got to understand, yeah, there's problems with what all we did in Afghanistan. From the going there, through the 20 years we've been there, uh, to the leaving. And leaving billions of dollars worth of military equipment and arms. Okay? I'm telling you, just that alone and the debacle this is with bringing Afghans here, leaving Americans there, is treasonous. Everybody in the Obama and the Biden administration that had anything to do with it, along with those in the Pentagon, should be held accountable to the fullest extent of the law, which is treason. This is arming our sworn enemies. And, and by the way, can I ask somebody something? There's videos coming out, obviously, of these alleged Taliban driving trucks. Well, that's one thing. Driving a Humvee, that's one thing. Using arms, that's what. What about flying Black Hawk helicopters? Where are these camel riders learning to fly the helicopters? That's a question I have. Because you need some training to do that, don't you? It's pretty complicated stuff. And they're flying the helicopters. Who taught them how to do that? Just asking. 
who did this. And every one of them needs to go through due process. I'm not saying you bypass that. We see what they did, but there's still a due process. Put them through due process. And there, you know, I asked my friend Don up here in Charlotte. Uh, I said, "Does you know?" I echo the words out of uh, a few good men, where he says, "Does the Navy still hang people from yard arms? Maybe we need to get a few yard arms out there and start dealing with these criminals in our government the way our forefathers used to do." Okay. Yeah, that's exactly right, Eric. That's what I was saying. We're the ones who who end up teaching these people. And this is just a new way of transferring weapons. This is the way they do it. Remember Iraq? We taught those guys too. And at the first sign of trouble, what did they do? They dropped the weapons, dropped the Humvees, dropped all this stuff. And what did they do? They left them for the enemy, for ISIS. We armed ISIS too, by the way. Under the usurper, Barack Hussein Obama, Satoris Barker. So you've got the same thing. You got the same thing going on. Here is the flip side of that. Here's what's going on here. Now, this is an exclusive for SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. Okay? We're the one that's got the story. I have a source up in uh, at Fort McCoy, Wisconsin. They are displacing the soldiers there from their barracks, air conditioned barracks, to facilities without air conditioning. And guess who they're bringing in? Not Americans. They're bringing in Afghans. I'm going to show you some images. You can go to sonslibertymedia.com. You can see this article there. These are some of the images. They were told, uh, I'll, I'll read to you in just a second. Here's some of the images of some of the, the Afghans. You can see they've got their laundry out. They're taking over the barracks of our soldiers. Our soldiers are being pushed into un-air-conditioned uncondi- facilities. Okay. They're told not to get close to these guys. Now, these are just a few of them that my friend was able to capture some images of. Okay? Um, and I'll read to you what he said about it. He said, The soldiers were displaced to other barracks without air conditioning on Fort McCoy. We were ordered by uh, Fort McCoy Garrison Commander Colonel Michael Poss to stay out of the Afghan refugee gated area and their defect. I don't know exactly what that is. The source then said they're going to house two to 3,000 Afghanis there at Fort McCoy. Did you get that? Now look, I am not a fan of a standing army. I'm not. I think I've said that several times on here because our forefathers knew what, a stand, what kind of danger a standing army posed. But ladies and gentlemen, when you take your own people and you displace them, you take them out of the things that you that the American people have provided for them and you put them basically in facilities that are substandard while you take in foreigners. And by the way, if you haven't seen some of the images coming out where they're flying on the planes, none of these people have masks on. I'll bet they haven't been jabbed either. But these airlines are flying them in, and they are commercial airliners. They're not military aircraft. Some of them are. Some of them have, have brought on military aircraft. They're flying them in without mask, and I'll guarantee you they haven't had the shot. But you ha- you're, you're required to do it, aren't you? So again, I ask you, Who's under attack? Who's under attack? Is it the 
enemies from without? Or are the enemies within, inside our own government, attacking us? Well, I'm sort of asking that rhetorically. We're the ones being attacked. Now, this morning, we're going to be talking about infrastructure. You heard about that from the time of Obama, okay? You heard, oh, we need to build up our infrastructure. And what did Obama do? Well, he spent us almost twice as much in debt as we were when George W. Bush came to office. Now, it was eight years. Then we had Donald Trump, and we went from $19 trillion to somewhere around 28 or 29 somewhere around in there, $28, 29000000000000 trillion under Trump. And he was only in there for four years. Can you imagine if that guy was in there for eight years? He would have doubled it from what Obama did. Fort McCoy, Wisconsin, uh, Annette, that's, that's the one there. Uh, you can see the images and everything there at Sons of Liberty. You can hear what my source had to say about it at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. So... We heard about infrastructure for all that time under Obama. We heard about infrastructure with Trump. Of course, the only infrastructure he was interested in was the Southern Wall that hadn't been there for basically, what, over 200 years. And the wall, i got to tell you, the wall is not the issue. The war on drugs is the issue. The welfare system that, that lures foreigners in is the issue. You cut that off, and I'll guarantee you the amount of illegals coming over will decrease tremendously. It'll it'll be next to nothing. Really. So we're going to be talking about infrastructure this morning. And while people, while they're talking, you know, infrastructure, what do you think of when you think of, you think of uh, roads, you think of bridges, you think, especially roads, uh, interstates, we, we talked about that. The Constitution allows for that kind of thing. Communications, all right, those kinds of things are considered infrastructure. And yet, our Common Core diva for Rotten to the Core Wednesday today, Lynn Taylor, is telling us, oh, this actually means more federal government expansion into your life. Lynn, what's this all about? Oh, well, thank you, Tim, and good morning, and happy September to everyone. Uh, This particular mammoth bill is H.R. 3684. It is titled, Tim, Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act. And anytime we have seen our federal government bring up anything that has to do with jobs in the past, say, 40 years, education has been lock, stock and barrel lumped right in with it. And so this particular bill is 2,740 pages long. It is it was so big that when I went to try to download the PDF off congress.gov like we normally do, it just would not work. And thankfully, I've had one of my dear, dear friends say, well, you know what? I found it in the PDF form. So um, we've been able to provide that for the people. But what does it have to do with education? Well, that's that's really fun. And here's what I wrote. Um, let's see. Uh, let's see. Uh, okay. Uh, below is a list. Okay. So you're going to have a list from page one to about 1600, uh, this morning. And then next week, we're going to pick up where we left off because there's no way we can reach everything in one hour. So we're going to have page numbers for you. Uh, Tim and I are going to show you some of these different pages today, but it, absolutely intersects uh, education, especially through the data mining as part of the infrastructure, Tim. 
Okay. All right. Now I was trying to pull it up, and it's even getting hung up on me just pulling it off of the con, off of I the, know. Uh, the website it, it, here. It's, it's a booger. It really, really is. But we will get that to the people because okay. you need to see this for yourself. Um, okay. Like I said. Uh, how many times is education mentioned in this particular infrastructure and jobs act? Because again, as Tim said, we normally think roads, bridges, you know, that sort of thing, but infrastructure uh, usually is a code name now for nothing but technical assistance, innovation, which means massive data mining of our students in education. But what this bill does is not only, uh, sets it up for more data mining in our society, but goes to the draconian measures of telling you what you will and you will not be able to do in your own home or in on your own property. Okay. All right. Well, that, that this is more continuation of Marxism. Yes. And again, yes. we let's remind people, you know, I say mm-hmm. this and I probably sound like a broken record. But the the idea of even the federal government being involved in any way, advising, writing laws, spending money, giving mm-hmm. policy, any of this stuff in the area of education is off limits to them, according to the Tenth Amendment, because we never gave them any authority in Article One to write legislation regarding education. We we did give them authority on the issue of you know, interstate roads and highways. You know, we gave them authority in certain matters of that kind of thing, but we didn't give them authority on the issue of education. In fact, that is the jurisdiction of the home, Deuteronomy 6, that parents are to be the the teachers, the educators of their children. That is a command from the Lord. So if you call yourself a Christian, that is a command from the Lord. Uh, You should be obedient to that. And if you say, well, I can't do that, I can... You know, I can try to, but I, I'm really not qualified. Blah, blah. You're qualified by being a parent. If God gave you children, he's given you the means to teach them. Uh, there's no doubt about that. And you may you may do well compared to other people and not so well compared to other people. But you're the parent. You're the one to instill those things that God has said. So I want to set that. That's our foundation. First, the Bible. It's your jurisdiction. Second is the limitations on government that we have in the U.S. Constitution that says they have no business in this. So... Lynn, what are they doing in this particular bill concerning education? How how in the I mean, I understand how they can just jump in mm-hmm. here and stick this in with infrastructure, but how does this? What are the things they're adding here that we should be? Well, we should be concerned that they're doing any of it because it's unconstitutional. But what are some of the specifics here? Okay, we'll get into that. But I just wanted to point out one other thing: uh, constitutional. Only uh, the federal government has zero business in the, the labor department, the health and human services, the economy. Uh, there are so many things in this particular one bill that has lots and lots of support because let's face it, it's already passed the House. It's already passed the Senate. When it hits the president's desk for signature into law, we don't know because there's still some uh, debate going on about how how much money this is all going to set us back. And so that will be provided in the archives as well, because the Senate came along and put an amendment that was supposed to be, oh, so impressive because it would reduce the amount of the trillions of dollars this is going to cost us. And that's just in the monetary department. What it's going to cost us in our freedom, in our freedom of choice is priceless. So we're going to get into that. But let me just say, you can expect 
the mind-blowing propaganda from our government to come across for a lot of this stuff through public awareness education campaigns. And, uh, you know, the as part of the Liberty Bells, we've been doing a really big series on the government using mind control to force uh, a means to their end of what they want us to conform to. And this particular bill, Tim, is a classic example of that very type of movement. So I'm going to give you some big bullet points of what all goes into this bill that will impact education, and then we'll get into the specifics, okay? So first of all, the biggest targets are going to be your Indian and tribal education, your higher education institutes, your um, local education agencies, which is going to mean, you know, in your backyard. It's going to uh, target local communities as fully qualified education partners. It's going to expand the federal government, which means we're going to see more fascism through public-private partnerships. It's going to increase the federal strings to state and local via grants, And we've talked about how grants are nothing but glorified loans, which have to be paid back. And if they're not going to be paid back in money, they will be paid back in a pound of flesh, quite literally. This will skew our local tax bases. And finally, it will subject citizens to the open propaganda for government compliance. So those are the big caveats to this particular bill. Now, as far as the 234 times that education is mentioned in this blasted thing, we're going to get to, like I said, we're going to get to a portion of them today. And then sadly, we're going to have to do a part two, because like I said, the, the stuff is so thick, Tim, there's no way we can get through it. All right. So uh, I'm going to mention the page numbers. There are only going to be a few that we're going to actually show the people today because I want them to see for themselves that we don't make this stuff up. This is not our opinion of what this bill is. This is what they have actually written in. But on pages 32 and 33, you're going to see that education will now be lumped in with research and technical assistance to the tune of $25 million alone for fiscal year 2022 and increase every year till fiscal year 2026 to the tune of $26 million, all in the name of infrastructure improvement. Now, this is not just for our roads and bridges. As I've said, this is to update your uh, uh, computer compatibility so that it can data mine from all aspects. Okay. Now, on page 165, morphed in with the safe routes to school, you're going to see this is for K through 12th education. Now, what's the kicker about this one, Tim, is that it's going to encompass every neighborhood within a two mile radius of any public school on how that particular neighborhood is set up. So that's going to be conformity right there. That's also going to mean that real property can be up for grabs, which this infrastructure bill absolutely asserts at least twice. Okay, page 177, education will be part of your economic development outreach. Well, duh, we've seen that before. This is going to bring in more public-private partnerships, and we will absolutely see that the corporate dribble of best practices will be applied to what Johnny and Susie learn, either in the public school or what they get in community college or if they get in a vocational or technical school that they go to. 
Page 278. Let's show that one, please, if we can. I, I have um, no way of getting on the pages because oh, it, it took okay. forever okay. just for this thing. So I'm just kind of okay. scrolling down all the money through the years okay. for various things that they're spending okay. on. And uh, whether it's land, which Mm -hmm. the federal government is restricted by the Constitution to the 10 square miles there in D.C., unless they unless the state legislatures give them money or give them money, give them land for specific things that are outlined Mm -hmm. in the Constitution, Mm -hmm. like ports or forts or any of these kinds of things. And everywhere the federal government has usurped land, and a lot of it came through Teddy Roosevelt. I know people think he's just a great guy. He was a big usurper of the Constitution and federal land grabs. And we've seen it just since that time, since the time of Lincoln, we've seen that. And then we've seen Mm -hmm. Roosevelt really ramp it up. And then the people come after him taking land that's not there either as part of of the Constitution without state legislatures giving it to them. So I'm just kind of scrolling through some of these things. You just go ahead and and talk and I'll just kind of show some of these because I can't get to that page. Uh, Okay. All right. But yeah, we'll we'll make sure you can get to the the bill because you do need to see some of these pages for yourself. But and, you know, as you said, as far as the land grab, this one sets it up in several ways. Uh, But yeah, that that within the two mile radius conforming your neighborhood so that it can fit a safe route for a school. Uh, no. Mm-mm. Okay. Two, uh, page seven, uh, 278. This one has a shocking title for the section, and I'm going to read the quote. State Human Capital Plans. Now, this is going to include education connected to labor, and this is going to tie back to the Organization for Economic Cooperation and development's definition of human capital, which is that you and I don't matter what we want to do with our lives and our freedom of choice. It's what um, the government will tell us the slot that we need to fill Mm. and that we're worth more as a trained lackey than we are as a free citizen. Yeah, I was going to say this sounds an awful lot like what we're what we what we what you read in uh, Orwell's 1984 that the people mm-hmm. become almost zombie-like. They become slaves. They're kept just enough uh, rations of food, and I guess Winston's thing is the taste of uh, <laughs> cold gin and oil or something. Whatever that was, it's been years since I read that. Uh, th- yeah. That they have, so they're they're just keeping them alive enough to do whatever they need them to do. They're keeping them in fear from their foreign enemies when the real enemy is inside. So it sounds like mm-hmm. it's very much setting up a scenario very much like that. Oh, yeah. But I tell you what, that human capital plan, when I saw that, it just it, it not that a whole lot shocks me anymore when I read this legislation, but that kind of was like, oh, my goodness, they're not hiding it anymore. OK, now, one of the things you were talking about as far as jurisdiction was unless the state gave it. Again, we're seeing a bill like this as we have seen with others like the Every Student Succeeds Act, set it up so that the states don't really have a choice. They have to go ahead and let the feds do it because otherwise they're going to lose all that money that's coming to them. And let's remember that money comes from you and I. But what is happening, what we've seen happen, especially since Trump and and Biden, is that it's not just the taxpayer. It's now the corporate uh, lobbyist. It's now the corporations who are running America that are footing it. This is to privatize so much of education. This is to privatize so much of what's going on. And this bill will prove that. Okay. And we'll get to that in just a minute. But one of the ways that this is going to happen is that your community is going to be eligible to receive energy and fuel grants. And these will 
have to include educational services throughout your community. Because after all, everybody uses energy, everybody uses uh, fuel. So that's going to be coming down the pike as well. And here's the thing. Some of these grants, Tim, have very specific parameters for how they have to be used. And others tell you, well, this is a list of possibilities as far as how they can be used against you. So, you know, anytime you're talking about uh, accessing someone's energy or fuel, you're uh, actually messing with their livelihood and how they could get around and can they get to the grocery store and, and all these other kinds of things. Okay. All right. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, I, I see that. I see how that mm-hmm. that's going on. Now, what else do they have in here? Okay. Page four, seven, uh, 429, you will see that education will be used through best practices, which we know is a business term, but this is going to be for cybersecurity in transportation. What cybersecurity means is you're being tracked. You're, you're uh, absolutely going to, the government's going to know where you're going, who's in the car with you. And, you know, if you've ever seen one of those sensors that is over a highway that, you know, picks up your signal uh, so that if you're, you know, paying a toll or something without ever getting out of the car, that's one of the tools that they use. And um, it's, it's really a lot of controversy because, you know, here in my area, when that was being set up, it was like, well, it'll just read your tag number. And then someone went and did the research and they found out, well, not only will it get the tag number, it will get, uh, if you have a smartphone on you and you happen to be a passenger in the car, it will pick up that as well. So, you know, where you're going is no longer just your business. It's going to be open fodder and, you know, Mainstream media has made a field day out of this infrastructure bill and that particular point, uh, as well as the, well, you know, it's going to propose a gas tax that penalizes you for getting in your car and going to work. Well, you have to do is go look at Britain. They have that already. And it's to discourage single car usage and to encourage public transportation. So if you want to see how great that system is, just, you know, don't wait for it to be set up here. Go look at it over there right now and and listen to the amount of people who still have to go to work in their single car because they have no choice and they're having to pay through the teeth to be able just to go to work. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let me let me let me show something sure. out of that out of that page sure. there uh, sure. that comes down. They've got a grant program that goes along with this. I was pulling up the best practices. It's used 83 times here in the bill. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. they've got the definition of the private entity. Uh, the term private entity means a corporation, a partnership, a company or a nonprofit organization. So, uh, folks, we've been telling you for some time, Lynn and I have, that that we, we're not waiting to become a fascist state. We are a fascist state. We've been a socialist state for a long time. Donald Trump was lying through his teeth when he says America will never become a socialist country. We've, I don't know where he's been, but we've been a socialist country for, I don't know, 100 years almost. Okay? Practicing. Yeah. That's what we've been. He and, knew we already were, but yeah. it wasn't the popular thing to say. That's right. And and he's telling the people what they want to hear. This is where the people are going to have to um, – what's the word? They're going to have to stop their ears to the Pied Piper. That's what you're going to have to do. If a guy says we're not a socialist country and immediately turns around and signs a $6.5 trillion bill that 
demonstrates we are by giving you all these all this money from the federal government from the federal reserve that's being printed that's that's going to have debt on it three times what they're paying you that's that's part of socialism that's a big part of socialism when the federal government takes over private entities whether it was Reagan doing it and federalizing the uh, the FCC uh, the 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 flight controller guys or whether it was Bush federalizing airport security or any of this other stuff all of that is the steps in fascism. There's just, I don't see how people can't see it, but they buy into whatever is said to them uh, because their favorite political idol, their golden calf, is doing it rather than uh, seeing it for what it is. Right, absolutely. Well, on page 459, you have a list of the stakeholders. I just hate that word in education and technology just for stormwater research. Now, that doesn't sound like a big deal, but when you look at the list of stakeholders, you're going to see public private partnerships, you're going to see higher education institutions, you're going to see nonprofits that are managed by higher education uh, institutions, you're going to see uh, community based services, you're going to see all these things that have to do because they have a stake in how education is aligned to labor. Now, one of the ones I really want to point out, and this is going to be near page 474, you will find the Pollinator Friendly Practices Plan. That's going to be in big letters, all right? Now, this means more grants for your states and your communities, Tim. This will, by huge steps, integrate the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, but there's even more planned that's not so great, and this is what I wanted to point out. Okay, in this particular plan, it will literally tell you how to mow your grass in your yard so that you don't disturb the pollinators. It will integrate vegetation in public spaces. It will reduce roadside uh, upkeep and it will, quote unquote, handle land management, which means it will acquire any real property the government deems necessary to bring about a safe space for pollinators to exist. Now, please don't misunderstand me. I know pollinators are huge. If we don't have the pollinators, we don't get to eat. I understand that. But to the point of how you mow your grass, well, let, let's take it a step further. These are the people who are engaged in killing off the pollinators, too. The same yes, people are engaged that. in doing that, but they want to they want to play the hypocrite and tell you, well, you're going to cut your grass a certain way. Or I don't even know what that means. Is there different ways you cut grass other than using different kinds of means uh, of a lawnmower or whatever? I, I just that doesn't make sense to me. Do you have some examples of how they're going to tell you how you're going to cut your grass, or is it however? No, that's one. That's that. That's one of those gray areas where they say, okay, here's what you can and can't do, but we're not going to tell you what that actually means. So, <laughs> you know, we don't know. But, you know, hey, if they're trying to get rid of gas-powered cars, you know they're going to try to get rid of gas-powered mowers. Well, and, and this is this comes to an issue. You know, somebody asked, well, if we went to our employer and stopped paying taxes, by the way, you can do that. You, you can go to your employer and say, and there are there's a form. I, I was setting up something last night, but there's a form you can fill out. You can put it to your your employer and not have them take out any taxes out of your check. It's actually illegal for them to be taking that money out, but you're giving your consent in that for them to mm-hmm. steal money from you before you even get it. So you can do that. You really can do that. Uh, you'll have to look up the form online. I forget what the number is because they got right. so much of that stuff. But you can do that. Right. The other thing is to be pushing locally. And I got to tell you, 
I'm, there is no way around this. You're just not going to, to sort DC because you're asking the corrupt to deal with the corrupt and you're not going to get that. The, our way out, as far as I'm concerned, is looking at secession, a real secession um, that's set forth in which we cut off the federal government from having any say-so, any money ties to the states and the states developing their own thing and, and work under something very similar to our first right. constitution, the Articles of Confederation. Absolutely. Now, the kicker about this is is that all this land management, all this, you know, how you mow your grass and, and you know, upkeep of the, the roadsides and all that kind of stuff. This is going to all be under the Secretary of Transportation's jurisdiction. So, in other words, if he um, deems it necessary uh, to see that something's fit or unfit, he will do that. And then stop and think, who is that? Who is the Secretary of Transportation? Mm-hmm. Okay. On page 476, you're going to see that ed and nonprofits will be involved with this as well. Again, higher, in, higher education institutions throughout this infrastructure bill are used as nothing but, um, well, they're called a stakeholder. They're called a collaborator. They're called a partner. And what I saw was the many avenues that the federal government's going to come in, Tim, and you bankroll pretty much higher education, no matter whether it's public, private, or uh, trade-based. They're going to come in and uh, take it over by funding it through all these grants in the name of research and infrastructure. Okay, so let's keep going because we have a lot more. Now, pages 483 and 488 include the first mentions of the agenda alignment for the Native Americans. This is repeatedly woven throughout this entire bill in almost every aspect of their lives. Now, the main funding stream for most of this will be the self-determination funds that are given through the Bureau of Indian Education. All right, pages 504 and 505, your data mining will increase and your income slotting for public education, jobs, and your ability to access services will be put into place. It's already there. It's just going to be increased. Page 506, you will see that public education will be deemed as an outreach necessary for compliance. There is a compliance clause in that particular sentence that you're going to need to look for. And that is on page 506. Okay. And sadly, I did not write that particular clause down. I thought we were going to be able to see it, but you can go see it for yourself. All right. Now, page 545, this will be the first mention related to education about centers for excellence. Now, these centers, Tim, are repeated in several federal agency connections to infrastructure throughout the 2,740 pages. This particular mention is for the new mobility and automated vehicles. Now, each group of the centers that are mentioned in this bill, Tim, will expand your federal government in vast measures because it will send, send her, center these centers in different federal agencies, and they will create the regional hubs. Okay, this particular one will be for mobility and autos. This ties to the Surface uh, Transportation Reauthorization Act of 2021. Now, the Surface Transportation Reauthorization Act has only been introduced not once, but twice in the Senate through the same bill name, two different bills, and oddly enough, those over 500-page bills 
have somehow gotten already included in this HR 3689. Hmm, wonder how that works. Okay, so we have the particular versions for you to see those so that you can see exactly what that means. And that's where that um, road use tax that I talked about will come in that Britain's already using. Now on page 547, as part of the centers, higher education will be considered a partner and, and public-private partnerships through the higher education system will, again, be used as well. Then you'll see that all this will align to the SAE International Practices Group. This is where uh, they are cited. Now, SAE stands for the Society of Automobile Engineers, and I included a link there for you to see their latest publication because, again, it's all about being green. So we have that for you in the archives as well. Page 551, the workforce development training and education will begin. This entire section will pump up the apprenticeships and pre-apprenticeships on job training via your career tracks in community colleges and trade schools that may or may not be public jurisdiction. Okay. Page 553 will show the transportation and education will be known as training for a development and deployment program full of grants. Workforce-based education curriculum will be included and woven into this will be the data tracking from education to job. Yay. Yeah. Like this is any business, like any of this stuff is the business of the federal government. Yeah. Oh, here it gets better. Page 555, post-secondary education, credentialing and skill-based education. And what have I been saying verbatim for the entire time that you and I have been doing shows? Page 17 of the Every Student Succeeds Act says what? All education must be aligned to the same post-secondary readiness standards as laid out in the Workforce Innovation and Opportunity Act. That kills your school choice and tells you right there. It's not going to be about academics. It will be about credentials and skill-based education. Page 557, the Centers for Excellence, here's another one, for Transportation Resilience and Adaptations is established. Again, higher education will be an eligible entity. Each of these centers, Tim, will receive $5 million apiece and use climate science education Oh, UN Sustainable Development Goals again. Now, related to that will be a pilot program for more data to include the connections between your job, your education, and your health care. On page 558, the 10 regions and one nation's uh as part of these centers will be brought up. Now, it will not name the 10 regions, but it shouldn't take too much uh, looking to see the 10 regions that are already established across the United States, depending on what federal agency you're looking at. This one will be the Department of Transportation. Okay, so uh, we have that as well. In this set of pages, you will see the U.S. Global Change Research Program and the Global Change Research Act of 1990 are both mentioned and cited as sources. I give you the links to both of those so that you can see. This is not something that's brand new. This has been going on for, what, 30 years, 1990? About 30 years, isn't it? Yeah, some, yeah it's something yeah. like that, yeah. Yeah, and who was president? In, 19, in the 1930s? No, 1990. Oh, no, 1990. 1990. Mm-hmm. That would have been uh, not uh, not Clinton. That would have been no. That would have been Clinton. 
No, that would have been H.W. Bush. Yeah. Yeah. Mr. New World Order himself. Yeah. Let's read the name of that bill again. Global Change Research Act of 1990. Okay. So you will have the link to that as well. All right. On page 652, higher education is a stakeholder in multimodal freight. Just leaving that one out there. Okay. (laughs) Page 827, it will establish the Rail Research Development Centers of Excellence. On page 828, you will find that higher education and the nonprofits will be included in a consortium for ed and workforce-related grants. Page 873, promoting women in the trucking workforce section begins. All right. Uh, In this particular section, Tim, you will see the sense of Congress. Do they really have any? And uh, you'll want to pay attention to lines 22 through 25 and then all the way to the top of page 874, because this will lay out why Congress is targeting women for jobs in the trucking industry. All right. Related will be page 875, where you will see that a national advisory board for this particular movement will be appointed for education, training, uh, workforce and mentoring for women in trucking. And one of the appointed board members has to be either from higher education or a vocational school. Now, we know that because this will be in higher education, it's going to reverse itself, go back into uh, secondary and elementary education and start the career tracks for this sort of thing. Okay. Now, I'm not going to say that uh, there are no women truckers now because there are, but this is taking part of the sustainable development goals and using the gender equality uh, bullet points for this particular setup. So we're going to see a lot of that popping up through this as well. Page 1080. This will begin the section 25005, which is strengthening mobility and revolutionizing transportation grants or SMART grants. Anytime we hear SMART anymore, that has to go with innovation, which is data tracking, technology, and infrastructure. So we know this is going to play into the smart cities and the smart communities, which means more 5G, more uh, constant nanny state. This section will end at page 1095, and this section includes a lot of the sustainable development goal alignment and agenda points and uses education as the chief conduit. Page 1105 will prepare a workforce for electric vehicles with the collaboration of trade unions working with education and relevant manufacturing. Now, let me point out, trade unions have zero business collaborating with the Department of Education. But in my uh, archives that I will include for this particular uh, interview, Tim, I give you all the articles I have where trade unions have been able to infiltrate the Department of Education. And the very first article that you'll see was when Biden was vice president and how he got into bed with the trade unions to do nothing but align education for workforce means. And Biden didn't do it out of the goodness of his heart. He did it because Obama told him, this is the one thing I want you to do. And um, the proof is in that particular article as well. So I'm not surprised to see this one. Now, I will tell you uh, later on in this, you will see that the trade unions get to help write curriculum. Unless those trade union uh, members 
have degrees in how to write curriculum and education, this should not be going on. But this should be a huge sign to what? More privatization of what's going on in America. And these trade unions. Yeah. Lynn, it's not if they have a degree in it, they're not authorized to do it. That's right. They're not authorized. Whether they have a degree is is, doesn't make a, a hill of beans over this. They have no authority to have that input through the federal government to be writing education curriculum. Again, this goes back to the jurisdiction of the family. This has nothing to do with the state. And I know, again, I've spoken Mm -hmm. out about this many times. The southern states had that forced upon them. That's why they've got education put in their constitutions. And that needs to be reversed because the state has no business in education, zero zip, nada. Everything they put their hand to, they screw it up. And the only the one thing we that they're there for they don't do, which is to bring justice. That's their really their only function is to bring justice. Of course, when we did this with the federal government, obviously we put some things in there to handle between the states. So they they work as a go between between the states. They're sort of ambassadors of the states there. But other than that, they're they're not supposed to be doing any of that. And we can't get them to do the justice part, but they want to stick their nose in every stinking thing that they're not supposed to. That's what drives me nuts. Yeah. But see, you were paying attention. Had I said that to someone who's not really aware of all this, they would have said, oh, yeah, that's right. But see, you were listening and you picked up on it. They have zero business. And I know that you know that and you know that I know that. But it's really good that you pointed that out because you're precisely right. We have to know the rest of the story so that when we hear garbage like that, we could say, mm, gotcha. That's not the way it's supposed to be. So good. Good for you. I'm so proud that of that. So do maybe I get a, that's do I get a gold star? <laughs> teacher. (laughs) But I I know we're laughing about it, but this is the thing that makes the difference. And this is why it's so important that we have taken so long to help educate not only each other, but our audience, because they can be the ones to go, wait a minute, don't just gloss over what you think you heard. Go back and look at it. And do they really have that jurisdiction? You're right. No, they don't. And trade unions are wicked as far as the control that goes on in this nation. And they have been for a while. All right. Page 1128. The Safety Data Initiative will establish even more draconian data schemes that will include education. Page 1134. This begins the Advanced Research Project Agency for Infrastructure. So this establishes yet another federal government agency that will be housed in the U.S. Department of Transportation. Higher education is considered a viable partner outside the United States. uh, Entities will also be included as partners for higher education. So you might be hearing how many times higher education is included. And you might say, well, you know, the knee jerk reaction is I just won't go to higher education, but it's getting to the point you can't even get a job without some sort of higher education, whether it's a college or a trade school. So you have to throw that argument out as well. And if it's in higher education, you can bet your bottom dollar it's going to be in the elementary and secondary education as well. And if and if you're homeschooling, you might escape it for a little while, but we 
you go out into the world and try to get that job or you try to get into that college, this will hit you right in the face. So you have to be prepared for what's coming. You know, Lynn, uh, can, let me yes. add to that because I, I, yes. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking we're probably going to end up going over, right? Because we got about three minutes oh. and you got a bunch of stuff. Oh, oh, no, no. We're almost, we might need maybe 10 more minutes. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll go over because okay. we only got three. So oh. let me, let me interject something there and just throw this out sure. there to the sure. people. You know, we're and I've been guilty of it too to some to some extent with my kids is you know you were saying when when you try to go get that job and try to do this well the whole point of homeschooling is to educate the kids in hopes that maybe they get the idea hey I have mm-hmm. certain interests I do these things and I told my kids you know especially my son who my oldest boy um I, you know I told him I said you're you're homeschooled Instead of sitting here for eight hours in a in a room where you do about an hour's worth of work the whole day, if you do that, mm-hmm. and then they're going to send you home with homework and this, that, and the other. I said, you're at home. It takes you an hour, hour and a half, something like that to do all your work. And you have the rest of the day to pursue to pursue the desires that God has given you, which for him was music. And he liked right. photography and art. I said, you go and pursue those things. Here's the thing that homeschooling ought to be doing is is driving the kids. Yeah, if you go to work for somebody, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But what mm-hmm. about the entrepreneurial spirit to use? You you see that there's a problem. What's the solution? I had the interview with uh, yesterday, pre-record. I'll play it. It's going to be a short interview with Clay Clark. And I think that's one of the things he does is he helps, you know, helps entrepreneurs do what they do. And mm-hmm. that's where he's actually really good at, at things and doing that. But we're we're not seeing that entrepreneurial spirit. What we see as entrepreneurs today become little fascist tyrants like Bill Gates and George Soros and all these kinds of kinds of things. And so we ought to be encouraging our children to start their own businesses. Uh, we've got a, a young man in our church, and I was asking about him, and he had started a little thing online from his house where he sold. Uh, I think it's like hunting, you know, mm-hmm. apparel. You know, mm-hmm. shirts and pants and stuff like this. And he was saying, it's gotten so big now. Why do I need to look for a job? I'm I'm taking care of here. I'm doing something I love. People are, are use, utilizing these things. We ought to be developing within our children the desire to want to, to set their own pace, uh, to glorify God in the, the work that they do. Uh, that's, you know, where they can offer jobs to people rather than be the one that's all the time having to submit to the job and by, and thereby bypassing all this junk that we're getting out now of, you know, what's essential, what's non-essential, mass mandates, vax, all this other stuff. They can just bypass all that and say, no, I'm not going to do it. We got about 30 seconds here to the end of the radio station. We'll pick up or to the end of the radio show and we'll pick up on the other side. So if you're on Red State Talk Radio, you want to join us, sonsoflibertymedia.com, right side of the page, before it's news.com. Top of the page, dlive.tv at The Sons of Liberty. Lynn, you got about 20 seconds. Tell people where they can find out more about you. Uh, CommonCoreDiva.com. I just celebrated my seventh year as a blogger. So if you wish to help me celebrate, I do have a donate button. And if not, prayer is absolutely necessary these days. Amen. Amen. And happy anniversary. Thank you. (laughs) We're, We're glad you're doing what you're doing. Guys, don't miss Bradley, 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central. They're out at the Minnesota Minnesota State Fair. So if you're down that way in Minnesota, stop by, say hello. I think they're on the bottom floor. I'm not sure exactly where that is. Catch you in the morning, 6 a.m. See ya. 
All right, I want to welcome everybody coming over from Red State Talk Radio. We're going to be here with Lynn for about 10 more minutes. And by the way, I'm not sure yet. I'm supposed to get a call today from the lady. Um, she lost her husband in one of the buildings uh, at the World Trade Center on 9-11. She has been leading a group of people trying to get all of the information of the Saudi involvement. You remember they released the 28 pages from the from the 9-11 Commission report, and it was heavily redacted. They're still fighting in that. She's going to, as far as I know, she's going to be on tomorrow. Her name's Terry Strada. And, um, but unless she calls me and says, my attorney says, don't get on there and do this. But I'm hoping she's going to come on and bring us some information for that. So we're going to be looking forward to that uh, tomorrow. Lynn, you wanted to pick up. You got a couple of minutes that you want to finish out. Yes, I actually did. And I wanted to address your point about entrepreneur. Uh, I don't argue that we should have that, but this particular bill will go after the that particular group of people as well. And we'll pick that up in part two. But I wanted to go back to the uh, SMART grants because I didn't really get to explain a lot of what was going on with that. It's going to set up uh, SMART cities and communities, which we already have, but it will create more regional partnerships that will use open data sharing about what's going on. Because again, you can't be tracked and, and, and identified if you're not um, being data mined. It will attack your economy. It will use jobs and education as access, especially for your disadvantaged uh, populations. It will continue to incentivize more public-private partnerships and promote skill-based labor for a workforce. Land acquisition, real property, is also woven into this again. So we have not just for the pollinators, but now we have it for the smart cities as well. So we need to really be looking at uh, what's going on with our communities as far as land acquisition, because it's going to hit you one way or the other. So I just wanted to point those things out. Now, uh, going back to the list that we had for this particular first uh, episode, and then we'll pick up the rest on the part two. On pages 1154, 1157, and 1163, interagency collaborations will include education at every level. So this means that all those U.S. federal agencies, whether they are constitutional or whether they are unconstitutional, will have their fingers in education. And if you go back on my uh, blog in the archives, you will see articles that I've written where I give you the plans for at least 13 federal agencies that had their finger in education then so that if the Department of Education was ever shut down or merged with labor, here would be all the other programs that would go scatter among the U.S. agencies. So that's not out of the that's not uh, uh, beyond the capability of actually happening, by the way. So I just wanted to point that out. On page 1178, your transportation workforce development will, uh, section will begin. Now, this is the section that proves what we've been saying about those career slotting assessments, because it says it will use workforce needs assessments to tie into the skill-based education that you will see on the following page. Page. On page 1468, you will see the section 40211 begin. This is where your 21st century energy workforce advisory board will be established. So yet again, more, more government. 
uh, you want to look for lines 22 and 24, and then the top of page 1469. Education is a priority for one thing in this particular section, and that is job training. Not for academic prowess, not for you to be able to go and do what uh, you'd like to do. Now, related is uh, page 1470, where you will see cited that secondary and post-secondary education for energy apprenticeships. All right, page 1672 is where section 40513 begins. This is your career skills training. So again, that career tech education, the STEM is even woven into that as well, which is a science, technology, engineering, and math, because all those have to play into infrastructure as well. Look for uh, lines 12 to the bottom, and then all of page Uh, 1673, because you will see every entity that is mentioned and how it plays into the career skills trap. Lastly, for today's show, page 1681, higher education will be an industrial research and assessment center hub. Page 1692 will show you that this will include community colleges, trade or vocational schools, as well as union training programs. Okay. All right. Um, there is, uh, there's, we're going to have all this in the archives and I'm going to try to get this particular bill downloaded in a PDF so that I can put it on script and we can have it just in the arc, uh, just in the archive. So yeah, because it is hard to find. Yeah. Yeah. So people don't have to fight with it and you can just read it. Uh, if you want to, well, if, if you want to go through 2000 pages, (laughs) it's, it's incredible. F. <laughs> it really is incredible that when they write this legislation, they don't the the representatives don't write this legislation. This is written by corporations. Let's just let's not make any bones about it. I learned this a yeah. long time ago. Oh, did you send it to me, Suzanne? Thank you very much. I'll get yeah. that up uh, so people can have the the corporations write it. I learned mm-hmm. this a long time ago when I worked in construction and I installed fire alarm systems in apartment buildings and stuff. One of right. the things that we learned right off the bat was. All those regulations for sprinkler systems and for fire systems and all of all of that kind of stuff that relates to that are written by the insurance companies. Why? They're they're protecting their bets. That's what they're doing. Mm-hmm. When they who writes the, the seatbelt laws? It wasn't a bunch of representatives that got together and, and wanted to write seatbelt laws to force you to put a seatbelt on. And I don't believe you ought to be forced to do it. I think it's probably a good thing that you do it. Okay. Uh, but to be forced to it and fined as though you've committed a crime is the wrong way to go. But who's doing that? It's the insurance companies. They're doing the heads their bet on the fact that they don't want to pay out if you get killed or maimed or whatever in a car wreck. Yeah. It's it's right. them doing it. And well, absolutely. Uh, and yet your your premiums continue to go up, don't they? They don't go down because they're putting these measures in that's going to save them money. They keep going up while you know they're they're the ones making out like fat cats. The wonderful thing though is God's not going to be mocked through that. And you know I I can clearly see it that you see hurricanes come through, you see all these kinds of things, and I hate to see the dev- devastation and all. But the fact of the matter is they're going to pay that money out one way or the other. They're trying to to make money off the people in unlawful ways, and in doing so. God sees that, and he's dealing with them in those areas. In any case, let me address one more thing. Sure. I'm going to let people know that I'm going to do a show on this eventually, okay? And I may have to start doing it because I'm hearing it now from everybody. There's some comments in the chat. Mm -hmm. Last day's madness stuff. Read Daniel, and it says, wait a minute. Mm -hmm. Read Matthew 24. Read Revelation. I've read it. 
The problem is you're not you're doing Hal Lindsey newspaper theology. That's what you're doing. Okay, you're saying this is that because you see something that looks similar to whatever you're reading. And I've said it before and I'll say it again. That stuff has happened in history. We've already seen the fulfillment of it. In fact, when you read Daniel, <clears throat> you're reading the fulfillment of it throughout history up until the time of Christ and past the time of Christ, right there to the finale in the destruction of Jerusalem. Now, can we draw application for that from several times in history? Absolutely, mm-hmm. we can. Mm-hmm. But to sit here and say, this is that, and this is something I had to, you know, in my interview with Clay Clark, I said, right. you know, he was saying, we're living in Matthew 24. I said, no, 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 wait a minute. We got to cut that off. And, you know, I like Clay. I, I like him as as a person. Okay, I, I do. But I said, you can't come on here and say, this is that, and misrepresent the context and me not correct it. So yeah. I correct I corrected that. And there's a context to it. So what I'm probably going to do is, when I get a free chance... We're going to probably bring in something like Matthew 24, okay? Mm -hmm. because this is a big one people point out. And I think if people can see what's going on there, they'll see exactly the same thing as being said in Mark 13, Luke 21. And they'll be able to go over to the book of Revelation and say, oh, I see. It's, It's giving me the same thing. It's showing me how God is closing out the old covenant, which the writer of Hebrews says is going away. It's passing Mm -hmm. away to establish Mm -hmm. the new, that is the new covenant in Christ. And so, yeah, I know, but AI is not mentioned anywhere in the Bible, guys. It's just not mentioned in the Bible. None Uh, of that's mentioned. Tim, let let me say you could also include certain parts of Ezekiel because it shows you some of the same things that people are That's saying, exactly right. Oh, well, yeah. Oh, we're seeing this and that and the other. And, oh, it's, but here's what we should be gleaning. As you have pointed out, there, there are applications from these things that we can learn, which is one of the greatest tools God gave us for, for learning was that you, you learn from your history. You have to know your history. It has to be unadulterated, but also it proves out what we have known. And the Bible even tells us there is no new sin. It's all That's right. the same. Yep, nothing new so under there's the sun. nothing new under the sun. That's right. So if you have to be hanging out in that in time mentality, try to dial it back to the, it's, it's not new. It's been going on for eons. And yeah. just look at what we're supposed to do, which is to press on as if we were running a race. And that is precisely where we should have our minds, especially when you read garbage like what I have just sat here and rattled off for you. Well, that's exactly right. And even the things that you're giving there is not new. Again, we talk about right. fascism. Right. That, that 20th century, we've seen that. So it's we're just seeing it now in our time, in our country. And there's no reference to artificial intelli- intelligence. Uh, so I'm there sorry, but there doesn't have to be. That's the thing. I agree. This there is, isn't. This is not an open book test where you're going yep. to or what uh, what an open book test has become, because the open book test has become if you read the sentence precisely like it's written, you look for the on the test that same sentence and you know, oh, yes, this is the word we're looking for. Open book test that I took. It was along the same line, but you really had to stop and think. Oh, yeah, that's where this is mentioned. 
So you're not going to find a lot of that kind of stuff because it's not going to be there. But that doesn't mean you can't use the basic concept. You absolutely have to use the basic concept. And, you know, as far as the, the, the government control, yeah, we know Romans were doing it. The Greeks were doing it. Come on. Uh, the, That's right. the Jews were doing it. The Nazis so were doing it. Yeah, Stalin yeah. was doing it. Pol Pot was doing it. All of that. And they had control. And, and, you know, one of mm-hmm. the issues is is when we talk about even the buying and selling, but that's one of the clearest things you can see right out of the Nazi era. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. if you're not going along with them, you're not buying and selling. Your business is shut down. You're cut off from everybody. We can go back to the first century. If you became a believer and you were mm-hmm. a Jew pri- previously and you became a believer in the Lord Jesus, well, you were cut off too. You were cut off from family. You were cut off from business. You didn't buy or sell. You had none of that stuff. You were pretty much in exile in your own country. Uh, mm-hmm. Of course, many of them were scattered throughout Asia Minor and stuff. But all of this, this is not anything new, guys. And no, the Mm -hmm. Bible doesn't talk about robots, and it doesn't talk about artificial intelligence. It doesn't talk about that. That's just nonsense. If you're talking about about Revelation 13 and the second beast establishing an image to the first beast, what is he establishing? He's establishing an image, an image of the first beast to have you conform to, to what the first beast is doing, which is blasphemous. This is what the danger was and why we were so mm-hmm. um, excited for a better... Uh, that's probably a, a terrible word to use. <laughs> why we were so um, pointing on the issue of Trump, because you've got that very thing going on. You've got this pointing of an image of government and... Though he talked a good game about freedom and Americanism and all of this nonsense, what was actually going on was he was promoting the beast system. And when I say the beast system, that's not something new. That's something old. Daniel describes all kinds of beast systems from Mm -hmm. Babylon to Medo-Persia to Greece to Rome. He described all of them as beast systems. Why? Because that's how God saw them, because they would not honor God, and they wanted to do their own thing. They wanted to elevate their kings and their their rulers as those who were gods. And so that's where the problem comes in. And boy, I see people doing that with Trump, you know, when I was having my conversation with Clay. And I may take the that little excerpt, it's about 25 or 30 minutes, that's all I had him, and just put it on as a bonus tomorrow. Uh, if okay. we don't do a show. So I'm just letting people know. But I do want to address that, guys, because if you're in that, I get it. I get the Project Blue Beam. I get all that stuff. Ugh. But the fact of the matter is, it's really not anything new. People have been deceiving, uh, rulers have been deceiving people for millennia. And so the the point is, is this. When you go back in Deuteronomy, and again, I'm I'm going to close this out. When you go back in Deuteronomy, one of the things you see, you see two things for false prophets. One, you see the false prophet who says something will come to pass and it doesn't. You have a rock party with that person. You put him six feet under. You don't let him live. You don't, you don't do anything. You, you, you shut him down. Okay. But then there's also a guy, and this is Old Testament. So this isn't anything back, you know, here, you know, new in our time. He says, if somebody comes along and they tell you something will happen, they prophesy something to you and it does happen. But they lead you after a God you have not known. You don't fear them either. You do the same thing with them. Okay? Because both are dangerous. 
Now, how does a person prophesy and then those things come about? Well, read stuff like Balaam. Balaam comes on, and what does he do? He is a prophet of God. He's got the word of God in his mouth, and yet he's a prophet for hire. He's a for-profit prophet. And what happens? Every time he goes up to curse the children of Israel, because uh, Barak wants him to do it, what's he, what's, what does he do? Out comes blessings out of his mouth on Israel. Okay? And then what he ends up doing is saying, hey, if you really want to you know, get these people in trouble, the people of God, then you've got to get them intermarrying so that they worship other gods. And that's what they did. And that's why the book of Revelation, Jesus says, you need to beware of those who have carried the doctrine of Balaam. So nothing's new here, okay? It's, there's nothing new. And what I want people to understand is, yes, we can draw application. This is, why do you think the Sons of Liberty sees the things and will reference Revelation 13 with things such as um, vaccine, you know, shots? And submitting to that kind of tyranny. Well, because we're either going to submit to God in His law, both in our works, that's our right hand, and in our thoughts, that's our forehead, or in reference Deuteronomy 6 for that. That's why I tell parents it's your job to educate your kids to put the commands of God in them. Or we're going to submit to what Lynn's been talking about the whole time, which is the laws of men that deal with your works and how you're going to think. What's it going to be? What's it going to be? Because the fruit is borne out by which one you're serving. So, again, yeah, I know, in times, old men are going to dream dreams, young men are going to see visions. Guess what, Salt? Uh, you know, the Apostle Peter stood up two millennia ago and said, that's happening right now. <laughs> that's happening right now. That was first century. So, yeah, we've been in last days since the first century. There's no question that we have. But this idea that somehow this is different, and boy, we could get on. Somebody mentioned um, the uh, Mystery Babylon. Uh, you know, there's a whole context for that. Do you know Jerusalem is also built on seven hills? Yep, it's got seven mountains that it's built on, and that's who he's talking about. That is the whore, okay? She is the one who becomes Sodom in Egypt, and the book of Revelation says it's even the place where our Lord was killed. So when people try to tell me that that stuff goes on, I, I, I was taught all that stuff. And then when I had to go teach it myself in a context and stay in the context, you'll never get any of this dispensationalism, Schofieldism, Darbyism, modern, weird eschatology lapped over as theology You'll never find it. You'll never find it there. I'm just telling you. But I'm, I'm saving that. I'm kind of teeing that up because I, I want to get on that because that is a really big issue that I see across the board for people, and they don't see, Lynn, just like what you said, there's nothing new under the sun, and if we don't eliminate that and correct that in our thinking, we're never going to get out of it. We're going to just be saying, Jesus is coming. Well, Jesus is going to come. There's no question about that. There's going to be a day of judgment. But you know what? Whether that happens or not in your lifetime, you're going to go meet him. You may meet him in five minutes. And all of that kind of doctrine means nothing. You may meet him tomorrow or tonight in death. And it means nothing to you of the other. But the fact of the matter is, if we don't, have, if we don't correct the doctrine, 
we're going to go on in error, and that's going to manifest itself in our actions. Trust me, it, our, our doctrinal error, and, uh, error will manifest itself in what we do and in what we say. So I just want to tee that up. Probably next week we'll have something, and I'll, I'll lay that out to you. I wish we had phone lines because I'd love for you people, you know, if you disagree with me and you had questions, we could hash that out. I'd be, I think it would be beneficial to the people to have, and I'd welcome that. I'd welcome the challenges because I've been there. I know. I'm not trying to talk down to people. I've been there. I know. I know what it does. I know the mindset it sets people in, and it's not conducive to occupying. It's not inducive to advancing the kingdom. It's not inducive to charging the gates of hell because they're not going to prevail against the church. So, you know, understand my heart for that. I'm not angry with anybody. I'm Well, I am. I'm angry with the false teachers who've taught this kind of stuff. I really am. And I'd call them out by name if I know them. Um, but yeah, look for that. Maybe we'll do that next week because I'm full up this week, I think. So <laughs> maybe we'll touch on some of that uh, next week. And, you know, maybe we'll take a you know, like Matthew 24, and then maybe another time we'll take another section or something like that and go through it. I know for some people that's boring stuff. I can get that when I go to church. Yeah, but are you getting the right teaching in it? That's the question. And What has brought you to this kind of conclusion? In any case, <laughs> let me not go on anymore. Lynn, thank you again for joining us today. And as always, all the information, the hard work you pour in. If you'd like to help, Lynn, go to commoncorediva.com. She's got a donation page there. If you're able to help her, do that. She not only puts out all this information, she gives of her time here. She works with Sudan at the Liberty Bells, and they put out information too. And they don't just put it out so you can say, hey, I learned something. They do something so that you can go and you can um, you can make a, a difference by attacking that in your local county, uh, it's your state government, whatever the case may be, you can be the means that God uses to go up against the gates of hell. That's what those are. If you guys who remember what we talked about, about the ecclesia and our job, you can help her in that. And she also goes around and she speaks all over the country. So all of that stuff costs money. She goes on her dime. So if you can help her in any way, please head over to commoncorediva.com and uh, make a donation there and help Lynn out. Bradley will be on at 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central. Don't forget them. If you're in the Minnesota area, go to the Minnesota State Fair. See Bradley and his family there. I Again, I I wasn't told specifically where they're at. Usually they're in the grandstand, and I don't, I don't know the Minnesota State Fair because I've never been, but they tell me the grandstand, and usually they're like on a bottom section or something, I think. I think that's where they are. Just look for them. Ask somebody. You'll find them. I'm sure that won't be a problem to find the Sons of Liberty there and say hi. And then we'll be back with you in the morning, 6 a.m. Lord willing, see ya.